And that was uh, Taylor Swift's new single, which we are bringing to you live from uh, a new guest that we've got here. We just got off the phone with Pat and Kazire, and he was mentioning staying at Stewart's house, and Anna kept asking if if Pat was going to come back. And Anna, you're you're here with us. Tell us a little bit about your experience with Pat and staying in your house. First time on the podcast. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi, Anna. <laughs> First time, long time. Yes, yes. I usually listen from the other from the other room. Y'all just don't know it. Oh, you do? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh. She, she doesn't listen to from the other room, from the headphones, nothing. It's, it's a little boring, and I do want to go ahead and apologize to any wives or girlfriends that are caught in the car with this on. <laughs> but we played that song for them. I know. It was. It was a good song. Yeah. But so, so I was telling Patton on the, I was telling Patton that, you know, he stayed with us three or four years in a row, and I told him that you always asked, "Is Patton going to come back next year?" And I always say, "I hope not." Oh yeah, I did, and you got mad at me one time because I said, I don't think it was to Patton, but it was some other guys that were staying, and I said, "Hope, hope y'all come back next year. Hope to see you." I know, and I guess you're not supposed to say that on yeah, the you, tour. Not on the Hooters tour. <laughs> you want them off of that. But Patton was always a wonderful house guest. Where'd you put him that. up? He he stayed at our Stillwood house, did he? Or just uh, here? No, that was Lee Williams stayed at our Stillwood house. Oh. But yeah. Patton, Patton stayed here. He stayed in the guest room. This mm. was pre-children. Absolutely. Was, pre-children. <laughs> he would a lot not, easier. He would not have wanted to stay once we had children. Nah, you got good kids. So, tell us about the upcoming interview. Yeah, we just got off the phone with Patton. We learned a lot about life on the tour, his experience playing in front of Tiger at the Masters and behind Phil. A little insight to what that was like. Found out everybody drives themselves. Um, he's still reeling over Auburn basketball. I, I knew he was a diehard Auburn fan, but it's been a little bit, let's, let's get over it, Patton. I don't know. That was, that was a tough take. That was a <laughs> tough loss. It was, but I mean... We're two days removed from the SEC golf, and he still wanted to talk we about didn't want to talk about that. But I do want to bring up something that, that Patton said that <clears throat> I'd said he played with the players, but he actually played with the Honda. Yeah. And he said that playing with Tiger, um, he, you know, he, he, he made it sound like a first date where you're really nervous the first time, but before you know it, you're farting in front of him. That's why he should have drank a few beers before he played with Tiger. So I told him that he said he thought that was pretty witty. Anna, would you agree? I would agree. <laughs> at, at what time would it be appropriate to fart in front of somebody? Not the first date. How many dates? Oh, I don't know. It depends. You, you just got to get a feel for their personality. Man, we're going to turn this into a dating. <laughs> you got any dating advice over here? <laughs> I do, JP. I have plenty for you. And <laughs> Just you for me. Take it. <laughs> Just for me. Well, I can't. Well, what you can't give it to me? I know. Uh, I know, but you, you made it seem like. You've got this dating advice just for JP. You, you don't give them to any of your other single friends or anything. I guess you don't have that many. I know. I'm keeping it. Give me your me. number one. Number one advice for JP. On dating. On dating. Don't be yourself too soon. <laughs> that goes for everybody, not just you, JP. But you should not be your complete. And if you're complete, I don't know and total how to take self, that. 
is farting on a first date. You shouldn't do it. I don't do that. I'm I'm pretty polite. On the first date. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then once I am myself. Exactly. Well, that that's a few times in though. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we're everybody in here is glad Patton's moved on to the the nationwide or the web and now the PJ tour and we hope he never comes back. Exactly. Yeah. I hope he never has to stay with us again. And y'all are welcome for the new intro music. I think their intro music is terrible. I'm trying to get them to find something better. Well, so if you think it's just as bad, you can let them know. I want to get Anna's take on B Todd this week in the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. He's playing on the PGA Tour. Oh. We're talking about Brendan. I know. I know who B Todd is. I did not know he was playing, but. Well, I hope he does great. Welcome to tournament week. I know. It's not Thursday yet. I know Thursday's no. when everything right. starts. <laughs> right. And I'll be, where will I be on Thursday? Ooh, Anna's got a little trip to St. Simons. You could see, you could call Patton. I could. Yeah. Take his wife out. Yeah. They don't yeah. have kids yet, right? No. I was about to say, if they had kids, she's not invited, but... <laughs> The kids aren't invited. She's invited separately. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or you could go see our friend and subscriber to the podcast, Chris McNeil. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And you got all sorts of friends down there. Subscriber. All right. So <laughs> you're not going to be knowledgeable to make a pick, but we have to make a pick on who's going to play well this week. I'm going to take Patton's advice and say Rory McElroy. All right. I'm going Phil Mickelson. I'll go B Todd. You're gonna take B Todd. There we go. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I'm gonna go see him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be there Friday, and hopefully. Hold on, JP. Real quick, tell the story. You you kind of threw some out there oh. on Twitter about the first time. Yeah. You met so, Brendan, but you didn't get into the details. So the Wells Fargo a few years ago was moved to Eagle Point in Wilmington because um, the PGA was gonna be at Wells Fargo that year, or not at Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow. So they didn't want to have normal tournament and the PGA Tour event. I had never met Brennan Todd before. I just heard about him from Stuart. But um, I wanted to go over there and watch Dom play, so I drove over to Wilmington and hung out for a couple of days. Just so happened Brennan was on a par three that was near a hole Dom was playing, and I saw their group walk up, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see what goes on over here. I've never seen him swing it, nothing. So he stripes one on this par three, like 15 feet, and there's not too many people around, and I just shout out. And he has no idea who you are. No clue who I am. Never heard of me. I mean... We've never crossed paths. I think this is my first year down here. And I just shout out, nice shot, but Stuart Moore would have done better. And he turned around, and he's he's looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Doesn't doesn't really, he's just like, yeah, I'm sure he would. Walks off, and he, he missed the putt, and then texted Stuart after the round like, some idiot's out there yelling at me that you would have had a better shot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That's pretty good. Yeah. And that's something that Brendan Todd deserves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He deserves, He needs to be heckled. <laughs> exactly. All right. Anyway, enjoy your interview with Patton. Yeah, it was a good time. All right, we're live. Joined by two-time tour winner Patton Kazire from Auburn University by way of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, Patton, starting out, why don't you tell us how you got from Tuscaloosa, the home of the University of Alabama, all the way over to Auburn? Man, I heard there was uh, some cool dudes like Stuart Moore and Big Meds and 
Lee Williams and T Mac and all those boys over there playing. So, and they were better than Alabama. So I decided to go over to the rival school and and uh, be a Auburn Tiger. I'd say that was a good choice. Yeah, War Eagle. You you mentioned War Eagle, man. You mentioned Lee Williams real quick there. Um, I played. Will- I forgot. I, I left out Claxto. Oh, yeah, can't forget Claxto. Can't, can't leave out Claxto. Yeah, but Lee and and there's uh, there's others. We got we had a bunch of guys: Groover, Mosley, all them boys. That's right. <laughs> can't leave him by out, man. But but Lee a couple weeks ago. So quick story: I was playing Willow Point in the Meacham Invitational a couple weeks ago, and uh, Lee came out and watched us tee off, and then we make the turn. And Lee is grinding on the putting green with like a putting stroke thing. He's got a ruler down, alignment sticks. He's not even playing anymore. What's that all about? Did he look like tin cup? Yeah, yeah. He had he had more stuff on that putting green than I've ever seen in my life. The grind never well, ends. He, yeah, he uh, he doesn't know any different, man. Was there anybody yeah. in in college golf that worked harder than Lee Williams? You think that? there really there really wasn't. I mean, when I came in as a freshman, I loved to play golf. Loved to. I really just like to gamble. I like to compete. Uh, but man, Lee just—he. I learned a lot from just how he was so structured in his practice. I couldn't quite get there, but I at least saw him doing it and kind of realized that you got to be pretty serious about it if you want to be good. So- if you want to, if you want to hit it, you know, two two seventy. Um, yeah, you, know, you, you gotta you gotta be good at it. <laughs> That's right. You better hit it straight and chip it <laughs> and putt it real good, huh? Yeah, you better have a good short game if you want to hit it about two seventy. So, so tell me how how did you get into golf? Did you play a bunch of sports growing up, or, or kind of how did you get into everything? Yeah, I mean, I I just I loved all sports really. Um, or not all of them. My my feet don't work very well. I didn't play soccer. Um. But I, I played baseball, basketball, uh, and, and golf growing up. My dad was a baseball player. He played baseball at Alabama, and uh, you know I, I love baseball. But it seemed like every time the game was on the line, I was standing there watching uh, from the dugout, or you know somebody else was up to bat when I was all on the line, and I wanted to, I wanted it to be me, so golf gave me that and I found myself uh declining you know postseason or all-star baseball games to go playing golf tournaments and uh that's when I decided just to do strictly golf yeah I wanted I wanted the ball and I wanted it to be under my control you know live and die by my results so that's that's when I knew I, I wanted to play golf I like it. So, and a little background for the for the listeners, uh, Patton and I were on the team for two years, and um, <clears throat> at Auburn. And my senior year, when we'd go on the road, Patton would would stay with me in the in the hotel room. So, got to know Patton pretty well. And then we uh, on the Hooters tour when Patton was playing. I think he stayed at the house here at least three years, possibly four. And my wife kept asking me each year, she's like, is Patton coming back next year? And I'd say, I hope not. 
<laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy his company, you but to, you want to move on. But we, we wanted to move on. Yeah. Um, so take us through kind of when you left Auburn, what was your journey? You know, I know you played the Hooters tour and eventually got to the web, but what was kind of the, the, uh, the background there? You know, what was your thought process leaving school to go to the Hooters and, and what was your eventual goal there? Well, um, when I finished school, uh, I really, you know, what I wasn't a professional, you know, I was still a, still a college kid. Uh, and, but, uh, I had, had some, you know, raw talent, but I was really inconsistent. Um, and I made it through Q school my first year and got onto the web.com tour, but I had such bad status because I played poorly at finals. Uh, that I only got into a few events, so it was kind of a tough deal uh, first year. But then I started playing Hooters Tour, and, uh, you know, I'd shoot 67, 78, you know. I, I would just, I'd, I'd shoot a, I, my scores were varying about 10 strokes each round. I mean, I'd shoot 65, 75, or 75, 65, but uh, I was just so inconsistent. Um, and then after several years of living in Auburn and playing professionally, I decided to move to Sea Island. Um, and that really changed my, my mindset, my, the way I practiced, the way I thought, just all kinds of stuff. I met, met my wife. Um, I kind of had to grow up quick. So uh, that's when I really saw my game start to turn, uh, playing and preparing with all the guys who were on the tour or trying to get to the tour. And, um, yeah, that's when I really saw my game elevate. Yeah, so I remember, you know, a couple years in a row you'd come. I, I caddied for you a couple years. This is, a, for all the listeners, this is a guy I actually caddied for. I don't know if, has JP <laughs> ever caddied for you? No, he's not gonna let me do that. No, <laughs> but so so I I caddied for you a couple times, and you know there was some rough weather up here, um, but there were some, but there were some years that you'd come up here and you play well. Except, you know, I remember on number six out there at Chattahoochee, you hit like two balls out of bounds, just kind of out of nowhere, and made like an eight or nine, and I think you may have made the cut on the number still. But then, nice memory. Yeah, it's it's good for Patton. But, <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> but then I try like, to forget. I try to forget those. Yeah, Patton, remember the time you shot eighty four at Chattahoochee? Yeah. But but then then the next year, it was kind of when the Hooters tour had folded up a little bit. But you there were still fifty or sixty guys playing in top heavy, and you came in and you're like, I mean, I'm playing really well, and you shot like nineteen under and finished second. Nice. I mean, Dude. and that was and that was I think what led into Q school. Where you where you got web status, eventually got to be you know finished number one on the money. Player list. of the year. Is there anything that that you can think of that really changed or clicked? To I know one thing that changed. JP's got the answer for you. He was my, my lifestyle. He, yeah, he was he was six hours away from Skybar. Yeah. Um, I mean, was the honestly I, was the biggest change getting out of Auburn to Sea Island and being around those other guys? Well, you know. I, it's some people can hold themselves, uh, you know, accountable and responsible 
um, on their own, I kind of needed a little bit, a little bit of help with that. Um, so that was one thing, but you know, a lot changed in a year. Um, I, I just started practicing better. Um, com- I was working with Todd Anderson, uh, regularly and, uh, I started just, I, my misses got so much better that I, I, I never stood up on a tee box and was worried about the trouble. You know, I knew, all right, I'm either, I'm either going to hit it dead straight or it's going to fade. You know, it could fade 40 yards, but if you know it's not going to go to the left, then you can, you can aim down the left side and, and not have to, and just swing it. So I started, uh, my misses got better. I kind of developed a, a pattern with my different clubs and, was able to to confidently hit shots and um that took a lot of stress you know if you play golf stressed out it's it's a tough game so it took a little stress away and allowed me to use the use my putter Uh, that's the best club in my bag so um if i can play stress-free and give myself birdie putts i normally can contend to contend for a trophy are you still working with todd anderson yeah. Gotcha. Are you, are you still part of Secret Golf? I am. How's that yeah. work? And for people at home, Secret Golf is a thing that uh, Steve Elkington started. It's a website, pretty good stuff. Right. Um, he's just gotten, filmed a bunch of content and uh, with different players. Uh, guys, he'll ask, he got Duffner and Pat Perez and several guys, and they every time he did that, he would ask them to suggest another player. And it's just kind of grown like that. Um, Duff got him in touch with me and then I did it. And I got Elk in touch with JT Poston and he did, you know, it just kind of has grown like that, but we do instructional videos and uh, just insight into what we've, what we do you know and how we do it so yeah it's, it's been pretty cool yeah i like um, i like the content there actually my new swing coach uh bradley hughes used to be part of elk's teaching thing i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. is he still part of that he is yeah oh nice i mean he is like i am you know we, we don't we've already filmed our content and we'll do more stuff in the future i imagine but um you know everybody who's filmed with with elk uh, is part of it. So, so kind of switching gears, um, a while ago, I know you're pretty active on social media, but a while ago, um, I guess this was 2018. Was that when you were paired with Tiger at the players championship? Yes. Okay. And you, and you put Um, something out that you were pretty nervous about it, but you know, you felt more comfortable and that you eventually would be able to fart in front of him. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was, uh, have you gotten, I have was, you reached that point yet that you're comfortable enough in front of him to fart? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I can't say confidently that I haven't farted in front of him already. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we, so I got paired with him in the first two rounds of the Honda classic, uh, last year. Oh, and sorry, I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, I was so excited. I mean, it was like, this this is really happening. I'm about to play with my, you know, my 
I guess you'd call him my idol, but yeah. the guy that we've always watched just dominate golf. Absolutely. Um, and I got on the first tee, and man, I mean, it was like an out-of-body experience. I don't know why. I mean, I built it up so much in my head that when I got there, it was impossible. So naturally, I hit a snap hook into the palmetto bush and uh, couldn't find my ball. Your ball was and in a bush. My ball was in the bush. How hard is it to lose a ball on the PGA Tour? <laughs> well, yeah, I imagine you could probably do it. <laughs> Jeez. So the first hole I ever played with Tiger Woods, he is actually in the palmetto bushes helping me look for my ball, which was very surprising. Um, I think that he he wanted he wanted me to find that ball, but anyway, so I got around. We I talked to him. I played like shit. Um, we had a good time, and so I posted a, on Instagram. I said, you know, it was kind of like a first date. You know, you're real nervous uh, the first time, but um, eventually, if you're with a girl long enough, you're probably gonna fart in front of her. So I said. Uh, soon I'll be farting in front of him. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty witty. That's and, a, that, uh, uh, I made I made myself laugh. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was good. I mean, honestly, that is that is probably one of the truer statements you've ever made. Yeah, I mean, that's a great yeah, analogy. Man. Yeah, man. I'm, some I come up with good shit sometimes. <laughs> so talk to us about the Masters this year. So you have a good tournament, finish eighteenth. You know. For a while on Thursday, you're kind of leading. Uh, I guess you were leading. You were kind of early out, but the guys in the, later in the day played well. But I mean, Saturday afternoon, you're at you know the two o'clock pairing, and I think Mickelson's in front of you, and Tiger's behind you. Um, I mean, what was that experience like? On real quick, on on Saturday morning, you could put a thirty dollar bet on Patton to win four grand almost. Should have told my dad. Yeah. Well, that would have been an easy thirty for the the bookmaker. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> no, it, what man, was that experience playing, like? I was being uh, being sandwiched between Tiger and Phil is pretty cool. Um, I would have liked to have been playing with him. I, I guess I was playing with Rom, right? Um, who doesn't draw quite the quite the crowd that Tiger and Phil does? <laughs> but um, it was it was cool. I mean the the roars that tiger was getting i mean he so he i'm standing on the tee box and of course he's hitting into the greens and we can't really get up and hit hit our tee shot until he's already hit because the crowd's ready to go nuts i mean if he hits it on close to the pin they go nuts and it's, if they holler in your backswing i mean no telling where it's gonna go Right. So we're having to kind of time up our shots with everyone he hit. And not only do we have to time them up with the shots he hit, but we had to time them up with the scoreboard changes. You know, <laughs> yeah. We get, we get on the next green and if he birdied the hole before, you know, they drop this, they do a manual scoreboard. So they drop down those, uh, little windows or whatever you want to call them and, uh, put up the new score. And I mean, people go nuts. I mean, they, they didn't care if we were about to hit or not. Uh, you know, they'd start screaming and cheering. So it was a, uh, it was pretty cool. It's kind of, kind of cool to see, see what it's all about. You know, you, you don't really know what it, what it's like until you're right in there. 
Now, were you any were you anywhere near eighteen green when he put it out on Sunday? I was probably about. Well, I was cranking my truck at the rental house, uh, trying to get out of Dodge before <laughs> uh, the before all those people left. <laughs> I hear you. That's a pretty quick exit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean we we uh, we. I saw him chipping onto the green and knew he had two putts to win. And I'm like, well, I can either watch him two putt for the win or I can get out of here before all these people come out. So we bolted. How far away is your rental house? It was about a mile and a half from the two miles from the course. Oh, okay. JP's always interested in if the players actually drive themselves to the events. Like, do you drive yourself the whole way, or does like your caddy drive you or your wife? Yeah, as dumb as that question is, JP's always like, like Tiger isn't driving himself to the Sunday at the Masters. I'm like, yeah, he is. He's getting in the car and driving himself there. I don't think Tiger yeah, drives he, himself. He probably drives himself. He has another, he has a, like a guy that's with him all the time named Rob, um, who does. A, he probably drives him if Tiger needs to do something else, but. I mean, if it's a 10-minute drive to the course, I mean, yeah, Tiger probably drives himself. Really? I'm not on Tiger's level. I I can't afford, like, a driver. (laughs) So you drive yourself everywhere you go? For the most part. I mean, if if we're going, like, I've ridden from a tournament to a tournament um, that's like a three- or four-hour drive before and ridden with my caddy. See, I've always uh, been stuff like, I've I've been under the impression that like somebody drives Tiger to the gate, then they get out and switch and the Tiger drives in so he's seen driving. Man. It's going it's, it's going deep. deep. Yeah. yeah, you're you're uh you're out I mean that's a that's a nifty uh thought, but it's But like it just blows my mind that I could be driving down the interstate, like if I were to go to the dull match play. I could just be driving and Tiger could be next to me. I, I just don't yeah. It's so weird. I don't know. That is weird. He yeah. he's human too, man. <laughs> Barely. Unbelievable. He's yeah. not much different than you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your caddy. So let's talk about um JP's best buddy from Rochester, Dominic Bazelli. His caddy is Andrew Medley, who was on the golf team with me and you. What kind of rivalry do y'all have when you get paired with Dom? I mean, are you is is Meds giving you shit out there? I mean, what what? So I've of... only I've only played with Dom in the tournament once, and it didn't go so well. For you um, or for Dom? Both. Oh, both. <laughs> okay. Both those. Um, no, I played with Dom in practice rounds some, and uh, you know, Big Meds is there and. I just can feel how badly Meds wants Dom to beat me. He's, and he's they get digging they get, into you. Yeah, they get to chirping and yeah, they I, do. I don't know. It's just a weird I mean, it's just a weird deal. But we uh we're Dom and I are real competitive and and Meds wants Dom to beat me so bad. But it, it's uh it's a friendly rivalry. Yeah. What you got, JP? Oh, well, you were talking about caddies. 
I haven't seen Duff's caddy in a while, Kevin Bell. Is he still out there to Duff just clean house? Duff Duff has a new caddy. He does. Yeah, he has a new caddy. He uh I think Kevin's Kevin's uh health his he's kinda addressing his health hmm. and he is taking it easy. Gotcha. Now mm-hmm. Claxto caddied for Duff at like the players, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Man. Ron or, this year? Yeah. Cal saw him. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Cal went, oh, yes. Cal went to the players. My mind is blown, Ben. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. Mine too. Meds so Meds has caddied for Duff in the tournament this year and Claxto. Claxto. Will Claxton caddied for Jason Duffner in the players this year. Yeah. And Landon sure Landon saw him. Landon went and watched him and didn't tell us this. That's funny. Claxto loves to uh his favorite thing is being on the range and, and telling stories. He'll he'll back off of a shot to tell a story just so he can light a cigarette <laughs> and tell the story. That was my next question. He's so that's his, fa- smoking that's his favorite thing to do is to tell stories and talk just talk about old times over a cigarette on the range. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's his happy place. That's awesome. That's so true. Man. I hope he gets back out there. He was spotted on Instagram the other day putting, Potter's putting. Oh, man. Yeah, on Scott, no, ha- Scott that Hamilton's would, That page. would not have been what I would have thought Claxton would be spotted on as a putting page. They were working on his setup. He gets too far back into his heels. So, Pat, uh, I, was, I was listening to a, a different podcast a few days ago. So, you work with Todd Anderson. Does he ever travel on the tour? He does. Uh, he travels to a handful of events each year. But just a um, just a few. Yeah, not not a lot. Um, some of the bigger events, uh, some majors, and obviously the players. He's based out of TPC Sawgrass, so it's not really traveling. But um, he goes to a handful of events, and personally, I don't really like to work at the tournament. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather work on something before and give it some time to take effect before I, I take it to the tournament and that that's what I feel like I did so well uh, this year at the Masters uh, I did I had two weeks off before the tournament and I decided I'm going to do the same thing every day so I did the same practice drills and the same stuff every day uh, same routine on the range and I probably had 25 chipping contests in about a week before the before the masters and uh i think that that's that's one thing that helped me uh, in the tournament i mean are you not a little amazed by the amount of guys out there that have a swing coach that's out there every week it's it's a little bit of a circus i mean we got we've got massage guys trainers uh peanut butter and jelly guys uh you know it's just we got we got it all. It's a I mean, circus. It's I, I'm just am, I'm just amazed. Like looking on Instagram and and Twitter, the, you know, um, John Tillery's out of out of uh, Cuscoilla. Cuscoilla. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got guys that play on the tour, and I mean, Kisner's one of them. But I mean, he's out there almost every week. I know. And and, and you see him just warming up with the watching the guys warm up and having track man and everything else. And to me, that just seems so odd that you'd want your teacher watching you warm up 
I mean, I don't, I just don't understand what he could tell you that you could I mean, take to the so, course. It's a brace for these guys. Some guys, some guys uh, benefit from that. You know, if if uh, if them being there helps you do the same stuff over and over, um, you know, you, you have to do the same thing over and over and over to get better at it. Um, and if them being there to remind you or to make you do it or to give you some feedback, um, some guys like that. Yeah. So, and, and then on the other end of that, you know, these, a lot of people, I mean, this, they're making their living by coaching. And, uh, if they want their player to feel like they need, they need them. You know, if, if you're, if you have a student and he, the student stops feeling like you need them, then that puts their job in jeopardy. Um, so that's another way to look at it, but it's, uh, it goes both ways. I mean, some guys need somebody and, and, uh, some people don't, but you don't, you're not one of those guys that wants a teacher out there a whole lot, really. No, I'm just, I'm one of the most stubborn people in the world. Uh, and if somebody gives me information or, or something that I, didn't want to hear then it has a negative effect but uh you know todd todd has learned how i am and he's had to adjust his teaching style to me which makes him <laughs> that's one of the reasons he's a good teacher is because he kind of understands the student but i uh i want something well in advance that way i can work on it and then um just go play whenever i get there what if uh you got done playing and found out that your wife had seen you playing, didn't like your swing that much, and called somebody like uh, David Ledbetter <laughs> to schedule a lesson for you. You're definitely not referring to one of the players on tour, are you? Maybe. <laughs> it's questionable. Um, you know, that's... Uh, man, I, I, I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> um, I, You're amongst friends. I'm glad I I'm glad I have my wife. I'm glad my wife is my wife. We'll just say that. All right. That's what we were, we interviewed Tommy Aaron a few weeks ago and we asked him what Justine Reed was gonna serve at the champions dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't Man, I, he I, wasn't I sure. Imagine, I can't imagine uh I can't imagine my wife uh even considering saying something like that or i mean that's not her spot so that's uh pretty unbelievable really yeah yeah it, it gives for good uh content online though to follow and poke fun at yeah so hey, uh are there any i'm trying to remember are there any players that are coming out of retirement yeah anything? yeah that i was i was looking forward to bringing this up <laughs> yes <laughs> he he was taking shots. Well, go ahead. John, you got to introduce who you're uh, talking yeah. about to the so, people now. So last year, John Peterson, a player on the PGA Tour, a, f- a former 2000, 2011 NCAA champion, yes, decided that he didn't like the life on tour, didn't like being away from his family, even though his family went to every single tournament. I know because I saw them in a few. And uh, decided he wanted a 9-to-5 job. 
So he went and started selling drill bits somewhere in Texas and started taking shots at a bunch of tour players, didn't he? Yeah, Something I mean, like he, he he liked, he liked stirring the pot for sure. Yeah, stirring the pot with all sorts of stuff and even going so far as to like dish t- dis title us a couple weeks ago. Um, saying that they weren't going to give him wedges to play in an amateur event. And he was switching to TaylorMade. Well, come to find out, he's <laughs> deleted all his social media. He's uh, he, he he saw Patrick Cantley playing the Masters and thought he used to be able to beat him, so he's going to come out of retirement. And I think he's in the web event this week. Has there been he's any in, any talk about that this week? Or he's in he's in the tournament. If it's not this week, it's next week. He's in one. Yeah, he's on a priority list. That's like. 200 from last year's PGA Tour. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Good for him, man. I mean, it, it's it's hard to appreciate. Um, I mean, it's true. It's it, it really is. It's hard to appreciate what uh, what you got um, until it's gone. So I can I can empathize with him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I try to I try to um, be real enough to to understand what it is that I have and not take it for granted. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm kind of looking at it from both ways too. I mean, I, I was a big Peterson fan before because I thought he was pretty real. And, uh, then he retired and it really disappointed me because I, he sat there and somebody like me who only wants to be inside the ropes. It's like, man, this guy doesn't want a nine to five, nine to five sucks. And, yeah. I mean, the guys, the guys that act like they don't care is, are the ones that care the most yeah whether it be what people think about them or i mean that's really the, the guys who act like they don't care what people think about them care the most absolutely i got one more controversial issue um and maybe you're not at liberty to or i don't know what the pga tour's policy is but it's awfully fitting that grayson murray has a six month step away from the pga tour it seems like a very strange number. That's like a already decided number. Yeah, like he he made some Instagram post. I'm stepping away for six months to heal myself and work on my mental game. I somebody told me that he was injured. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't I don't know. All right, so there's no there's no rumor going around that he got in trouble or anything. That's good. No. I mean, if this was somebody like Tiger or something, somebody that moved the needle, then there would be more talk about it. Yeah. Um, Grayson is a good dude. He means well. He's very he's uh, misunderstood, uh, but he he's uh, I think he's injured right now. Supposedly. Oh. Have well, you had, hopefully have he gets better. Have you been drug tested a, bu- a bunch by the PGA Tour? Yeah, probably. On average, three to four times a year. Okay. Just ran, just kind of randomly. I so mean, not, you can kind not of tell. Crazy. Is CBD no. oil legal now, out there? You didn't see Phil Mixon dropping it in his mouth. Hold on, we had what it was. Hold on, we had a lot of questions about the gum that Tiger and Phil were chewing. Do you have any answers on that? Man, they're all speculation. I mean. I know, I know what Phil. I mean, Phil dropped CBD oil. You didn't see the droplet mouth. thing. I saw the, I saw yeah. the, like the turkey baster thing. Yeah. So that was CBD oil. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's legal. Yeah, obviously it's, uh, it's legal if he's doing it. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's, 
I mean, have you tried I'd it? Be lying. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't tried it. Does it help? <laughs> it's, I think it's a placebo yeah. effect. I don't know. But y'all know how Phil Mickelson is. He did that on purpose because he is owner in a CBD company. <laughs> is he legit? Yeah. Oh, is it uh, like Envied Golf or something? <laughs> CBD Golf. CBD Golf. No, I don't know what it is, but he's he's uh, I mean, he's not he's not dumb. But what about the stuff him and Tiger were chewing? I mean, there was stuff online talking about the match yeah. about it being like CBD gum or or. Something. I was. I don't know that for sure, um, but that's what that's what I was guessing. Um, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean. Have you ever Cali tried Tiger. any CBD gum? Once again, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't tried it. <laughs> yeah, you just, but you're not real sure. He said well, he, he said he tried the oil. Or well, the, it's all I've, the same I've stuff, tried, I think. Isn't it? I've tried pretty much every CBD thing there is. I mean, but you, I don't know. But you can't tell any big advantage. No, it's not like a miracle drug or anything. But you're, no, but, I mean, it's, it's supposed to uh, help with inflammation um anxiety anxiety inflammation i mean they basically just say it helps with you know what's wrong with you you know it's my i have you know a bug bite oh take this this will help i mean it's just like uh but you you put i I think smoking mirrors but you put it so good it doesn't matter like i would think cbd would help it would like calm you down putting well like but you you're like a a painter with a paintbrush putting to I mean just sometimes man I mean it's different it's different when you're I mean putting in the masters is different than putting <laughs> in Tuesday night golf right? just tell you that well Tuesday night golf you only have to putt once because you <laughs> like if you don't make a birdie you just pick it up and so, you've also had about six beers so. <laughs> that always helps yeah that, that helps yeah. with anxiety like it's like when you go on a you guys don't have to do this anymore but when you go on like a first date or something you have a couple to like settle down and be able to talk you know so are there any guys on tour maybe that are if if they're experimenting with cbd oil do they slug a couple tall boys before they go play um there i'm sure there has been many of uh many players that have tried that yeah i've i've done i've done it in competitive rounds yeah. <laughs> i will again probably no, i feel like uh Alcohol hurts you as much as it helps you. Oh man, oh JP, you just you just rained on JP's parade. <laughs> I, I know I know that from experience uh, playing with my my pals and also bowling. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a hot spot. I mean, there, it's true. Oh, I mean, a hot probably, spot for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a three to four, there's maybe like a three to four to five beer just hot spot, but. Yeah, my hot like, spot, my spot goes the wrong way when I start drawing the ball. That's when I know that well, I've had too many. When when you get to that three or four and it's going good, I mean, why not just have five, six, right, and yeah, then yeah. I'll, before you know it, it's tanking. Yeah, I'm like I'm like JP. If I if I can swing hard and hit a draw, I need to throttle back. Mm-hmm. Level well, off. That that comes from experience. Y'all y'all are experienced. We're getting better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. 
Where do you want to go next, JP? I I'm, I think I'm going to go to the Wells Fargo this weekend. Why? Oh, why well, can, I, can can we talk about can we talk about uh Auburn basketball? Probably should have won the national championship. Did, and did then... you go to Minneapolis? We've been pretty depressed about it. No, I didn't go to Minneapolis, but I watched it on TV and it was pretty devastating. Dom and Meds are tight with Stephen Pearl, and they were Very. like right behind the bench. That was so disappointing. That was. I don't know. My uh, wife and then my we've, wife... we've had so many near misses with Auburn sports lately. And I just feel like. Uh, Auburn Golf should have won the SEC championship. Yeah, we were talking earlier. I was Early asking Daddy. if he made it out there to watch him play. You know, they won they won the SECs last year, made the final this year, and they won the stroke play by sixteen shots this year. Pretty pretty impressive performance. Arkansas was looking for golf balls too long. True. Now have you Yes have I you, noticed that. Have you been back to Auburn any with the golf team in the last couple of years? Have you been involved any, Patton? Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm uh, helping out here and there a little bit. Just uh, I like uh, I like Coach Clownard and the direction of the team, and the kids are seem pretty cool and motivated. So um, it's, they've been fun to watch. I mean, it's it's so SEC, SEC champs last year. You know, I've played, I've played practice rounds with, uh, I call him Joe, uh, Yovan, mm-hmm. uh, Ernie's nephew. I played pra- yeah, I played a practice round with him at uh, Carnoustie for the Open Championship. And I also played with him in a practice round at the Masters. So he's super cool, mature kid with uh, a lot of talent. So, nice swing, too. Yeah. He, yeah. Sweet swing. I tell you one thing I noticed, and this is kind of taking a, a look at Auburn golf, but you know, playing in the SEC championship this weekend, they had obviously Jovan from South Africa. They had Trace Crow from Alabama. They had a kid from Idaho, a kid from California, and a kid from Florida. I mean, that is that is just so different from when you and I were on the team and it was basically all kids from Georgia and Alabama. I know. I believe Trace might be from South Carolina, but we okay. had, they've, we definitely have, uh, the recruiting game has changed since Nick's been there. Uh, he, uh, he's a tireless recruiter. Yeah. What do you, going back to that kind of, what do you think about, you know, I know I remember you came in very highly recruited and you won SECs one year. I mean, what do you think about your your college career? Was it what you did you meet what you thought your expect expectations were gonna be? Or kind of looking back on it, what do you think about your college career? Um, my college my college uh experience experience was, uh I enjoyed myself in college. Um, the, my college experience lived up to the to the hype, but uh, my golf game certainly didn't. <laughs> SEC champion, though, individual. You can't do it all. Yeah, I mean, I won one tournament in college, uh, won the SEC tournament. My freshman year was pretty good. I mean, I was pretty serious about it coming in, and then kind of got lost in the 
college life um, a little bit, and then finally played well at SECs and okay at regionals or something. And um, I don't think I, I don't think I was. Uh, if you want to win nowadays, you gotta you gotta treat it like it's uh, like it's almost a job. So I think uh, those kids that you see in college winning a lot and, and playing well, I mean they're they're pretty serious about it. Now, you and I got into a Twitter argument last year where I was saying that one of these players is going to contend in the U.S. Open one time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, you got the top 50 of them are exempt into sectionals, aren't they? Yeah. So there's more. more... The top 50, top 50 college players are exempt in sectionals? The top top 50 wagger, I think. Amateur, uh, I guess. Amateur, amateur, amateur most of them are college players. I just think yeah. you, you get somebody like a, like Victor Hovland. I mean, he had four amateurs make the cut at the Masters. You got to think somebody's yeah. going to be able to keep it around par for the U.S. Open one of these times. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be the best, one of the best ten players, and they're going to have to have the tournament of their life. I don't. I think that you could see maybe contention, but I certainly don't think you could see a win. I'm on your side here, Pat, and I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, a top 10 would be very impressive, but I don't think Victor Hovland's going to stare down Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose. Francesco Molinar. I mean, they're not going to Patton Kazar. They're not going <laughs> to stare. They're not going to stare us down at the end and and beat us. Are I mean, you? Are, you just the. I, I read a quote um, recently. I can't remember what book it was in, but it, it said, "You know, the guy that the guy that beats you is the one that's failed more than you have. Hmm. You know, more more than likely, the guy that beats you has failed more than you have. That's pretty so, good." I mean, you, you can't – those those kids don't have the experience to fall back on to, to win a U.S. Open. I don't believe they might prove me wrong. Are you exempt for the U.S. Open this year, or are you going to run into some more bullshit where you win twice on tour and can't get in? <laughs> I am exempt. <laughs> I am nice. exempt for the U.S. Open. And the PGA? Uh, and the PGA. And well, the I British. Wasn't, I wasn't exempt to the PGA, but I, I'm qualified. Okay. How do you get into the open? Is it top fifty rank world ranking or like what got you in? Uh no, I'm unfortunately not top fifty, but the top thirty from the FedEx Cup. If you make the tour championship. But it really doesn't though. Um it doesn't get you into the PGA, which is kinda silly. That um, is weird. But I've uh, made enough there's like a money list from PGA to PGA that um, can get you in, and, and I think I'm making it through that. Up at Beth Page. Yeah. Have you I'm ever played Beth Page? Two weeks. That's my next tournament. I played in the playoffs there a couple of years ago. They don't have the Labatt Blue down there. Don't don't be looking for it. They don't have Labatt Blue there. No, it doesn't get too far outside of Rochester or Canada. Man, you introduced me to Labatt Blue, and it was kind of like one of those things where if you have too much of it the first time, you 
kind of you don't go back to the well. It's not good. That might have been a U.S. Open at Bethpage when we were doing that. Um, what was it? No, that, that was, was like oh eight. Uh, I think that was the Monroe. No, it had you, to be you, the Monroe. You were up there for the Monroe, but we were watching the U.S. Open on TV. No, no, because I yeah we I were. was the first alternate. I was the first player on the list when it when that tournament teed off to not get in. As an amateur? No, I was pro. I'm saying when I introduced you to Labatt Blue, you and I were watching the U.S. Open. But it wasn't at Bethpage. Oh, it wasn't at Bethpage. No, the Bethpage tournament, I was at the tournament waiting. Must have been on somebody, wait, Must have been old five. I was waiting on somebody to pull their back or something so I could tee off. And they didn't. No. So, so who's the most impressive ball striker on tour that you play with out there? Roy McIlroy. That was a quick answer. Like, yeah, I mean, not even close. I mean, there's a lot of guys that hit really good, but Rory's Rory's the most impressive to me. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty good answer. So you've won now. You've won twice on tour. What's the biggest difference between so win one? You held off. I believe it was Ricky Fowler down there in, in Mexico. And then uh, yep. second win, you win a playoff. I don't remember if it was a two- or three-man playoff. I just remember all like these 15 holes. I never thought y'all were going to finish, and, and it was late on the East Coast by the time y'all finished. Um, I think you ended up beating James Hahn. But what's the biggest difference between winning once and twice out there? I mean, like, how much more comfortable did you feel the second time winning? Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys with one win. I mean, there's a lot, right. a lot more guys with one win than there are with two. Um, you know, it, it just validates you a little bit more um, as a player to watch or, you know, it gives you a little bit more confidence. Um, it wasn't really a fluke the first time. Um, but it's not, you know, win three is even better than win two. And, yeah, what's crazy is my buddy – Brian Harmon told me, he said, man, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you can win a tournament, but that the next day you're like, all right, well, that was great. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't what it was all cracked up to be. You know, let's, uh, I want, you know, I want more, you know, let's, let's do it again. You know, you're just never, never really satisfied and you can enjoy it for about, you really enjoy it for a night and you you enjoy it for about a week and then it's like, well, all right, you know, what's next? Yeah. Um, what's that so feeling all... like when you see the deposit go in that bank though? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, pretty nice. <laughs> I, I mean, is it just like $1 million shows up in a region's bank account? <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday. Direct deposit one point two million dollars. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because that's the hardest part um, about being a aspiring professional playing mini tours and stuff is is being able to you, you cannot separate yourself from the money. I mean, it's almost impossible. Um, but guys, you know, do you think 
Tiger Woods is thinking about $1.2 million when he's on the back nine? No. Uh, do you think Victor Hovland would? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. I mean, it's, if you can play golf just for the sheer enjoyment of the contention, the competition, and the winning, um, it, it makes it a whole different ball game than thinking about how this is going to change your life or this is this money that I could win. You don't have to worry about money. It's, uh, it's just another layer of pressure, um, to get over. So, I mean, is that not the the biggest difference from, you know, obviously on the web.com you won a couple times, but then when you get on the PGA tour, I mean, you're playing for, I mean, 10 times the purse. Is that not the hardest thing to try to figure out or to try to get past? I mean, finish top 10 out there, you're making $100,000, which is, you know, roughly a web.com win. Is that not just hard to get past thinking about? Or, you know, like you said, are you trying to make yourself think, all right, you know, I enjoy this, this is contention. This is kind of what I've always liked. Yeah, I mean, initially... You know, probably your first year, your those those numbers mean a lot to you. You know, the money. Um, but like for me, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. You know, I have so much uh, desires to to reach, but I'm almost looking at you know top ten more than I would be thinking about how much more money that brings. You know, top ten means a lot to me, or top five. You know. You're, you know, if I'm in 50th going into the weekend, I'm thinking about, you know, our top 25 or, you know, if I'm going to the last day or something, if I can just play real well and move up top 25, kind of separating, I guess it's a learned thing is separating yourself from the money. Um, if you can, obviously, uh, it helps that we do a point system. Yeah. You just got to focus on um, those FedEx cup points. Yeah, we do point yeah. systems, so that that kind of helps separate yourself from it. But uh, I mean, everybody at the end of the week is checking to see what uh, how much cash is going in, into the account. Well, you you've kind of got to dig now to see what people made each week. The PJ Tour is kind of getting rid of that online. You have to go to like ESPN to see what they made in each tournament. Almost. Yeah they they don't really advertise it um, too much, but. Which Man, is okay. But one question about the FedEx Cup. You get all these guys get on interviews. Are they influenced to say or encouraged by the PGA Tour to talk about the FedEx Cup as much as they do? Or does it really mean that much to them and you? Well, I mean, it's the biggest purse. I mean, it's yeah. the biggest prize. Biggest prize in golf. So, naturally, we, we, uh, we're focused on it. Um, but we have we have meetings and and uh, player meetings and stuff and it's a hour tour so you know the the Masters isn't our tournament the U.S. Open is definitely not our tournament uh, <laughs> PGA PGA Championships not and the Open Championship is not our tournament um, so we uh, we like promote our our events I mean. FedEx Cup is, is huge. I mean, if you can think about, uh, so this year, you know, the point system is going to be different or the, uh, the final tournament, 
uh, East right. Lake is going to be yeah. different. Just starting different people off with different scores, right? Yeah, depending on where you stand heading into uh, the final event, uh, you start at a different score. You know, the leader starts at 10 under par. You know, if you if you barely squeak into the tour championship, you start at even par, and you're already 10 strokes back. But you really do have a better chance to win the FedEx Cup in yeah. that, that format than you would uh, like I did last year. I started at 30th. And mathematically, I don't think there was any way I could win. But um, if I just go super blackout, um, you know, in that different format, you could possibly catch somebody. So we had a couple. We had a couple. Uh, uh, I guess social media follower questions, and one of the one of the best ones I saw caught came from Tyler MCK. If you can figure out who that is. <laughs> Mac. Yeah, but he he wanted to know that he once heard this guy had inside knowledge of Japanese dance clubs, and he wanted to know what your favorite Tokyo-based nightclub and what it's like being six five in one of those. hashtag, hashtag Gas Panic. Yes, a lot of inside um, jokes going on there. I have I have been to uh, a whopping one uh, club in in Tokyo, and it was Gas Panic. I believe you and myself and T Mac and God, it was just us three. Just us three, yeah. We, I mean, that was a uh, quite a quite an experience. I remember we got into the taxi and uh, we had a book. We had like a little dictionary. That was mine. Uh, yeah, yours. And uh, <laughs> this is we looked Google. up part. We, we looked up party, and uh, it was Rapongi. <laughs> and I've definitely talked to. So last year I, I played with Hideki Matsuyama uh, first round of the Masters, and I was talking to him, <laughs> walking up the fairway, asking if he knew what Gas Panic was, and his caddy uh, at the time, his name was Daisuke, and he said, "Oh yeah, 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 Gas Panic." <laughs> he That's said, "Awesome." He said, "Very many Bud Wright." <laughs> it, it was. Uh, it's it was very true. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, that just proves Gas Panic is the, I mean, that's the hit of Tokyo, obviously. Yeah, it was pretty lit in there. And the, the other question, this is more from me, but when is the last, when is the first time that you told somebody, <laughs> I heard you introduce yourself as Patton Kazire, rhymes, my last name rhymes with desire. When did you come up with that? Man, I don't know. Whenever they That's started screwing it up on on TV so much, <laughs> I was like, "All right, I gotta fix this." You know, somehow we gotta get people to realize it's not Kaziri or whatever they're saying. So, you know, you don't say Daziri, you say Desire. It's <laughs> pretty good. I think that's one of your better. Oh, that's one of your better takes. You've yeah. had plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. Those Braves come back. I'm working on it. No, the Braves lost. Oh, it's over. Seems seems to be a uh, a trend. Well, the question that we like to ask a lot of guests, and you've kind of answered this, but would would you ever let JP caddy for you? Oh, man, I mean, if I said yeah, then he'd be like, "All right, when are we doing it?" So <laughs> I mean, I, 
can't I can't give a definite answer. That's that's very fair because I'll hound you for it. You got too much else going on, JP. I got a uh, if if Roland Thatcher gets into the Peak and Peak Classic on the Web Tour in July, I'm caddying in that. Nice. And I'm you have to prove yourself before you uh, jump to the big tour, but and I'm caddying the Senior PGA this summer. For who? James Mason, War Eagle. War Eagle. Yep. Where is it? Oak Hill. Inside knowledge, Man. local knowledge. Yeah, you grew up like five miles from there. Not even. Come on. Not even five miles. I'm trying to get my legs in shape. I, I rode my bike to Stewart's house tonight. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm gonna have to carry a bag and walk around that place. I'm not in shape. All right. Well, what's your so your your upcoming schedule, real quick, and then we'll let you go. You got the PGA. What's coming after that? Yeah. So I got these next uh, week and a half off, and then PGA, and then the um i guess it's the schwab challenge is what they're calling it now which is colonial okay um and then the memorial uh at jack's place that's my next little three tournament run some of my favorites and then you're in the u.s open jp if you ever caddy for me i'll bring you to the memorial um they have the best milkshakes oh there we go can you sneak them out? Like if I came to the memorial to watch, could you bring me one? To um, yes. If you come all the way to Ohio to watch me play golf, I'll bring you a milkshake. It's not that far. I've gone further to watch people play golf. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Who's your pick this week? My oh, pick I... for Quail Hollow. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rory McIlroy is pretty good at that course. Uh, Webb Simpson's a pretty good golfer, and that's his backyard. Um, you know, dark horse. If you if you're looking for somebody with some value that not many other guys are picking, uh, I think Brian Harmon's going to do well. I thought you were going to say Brendan Todd. Is B Todd in the tournament? B Todd's in. Sponsor invite. Sponsor invite. Um. Uh, you know. Beta and I go back and forth, um, giving each other shit. So no, I don't pick Beta. <laughs> um, that is your brother-in-law for all the listeners. Um, no, Beta's great. I didn't know he got in, but that's uh, he's in. That's new, pure. He's got a new sponsor on his shirt too. Springer Mountain Farms. Springer Mountain Farms. Hey, real quick, we were talking about the Zurich. What? What are you? What do you? Did you? Do y'all enjoy the Zurich? The the two-man team event last week when when you play well yeah well it's always and more fun but Harmon Harmon was my partner um we won the QB shootout yeah. in December um that was one of the reasons we teamed up not to mention we're buddies but uh he I mean I left him out to dry so hard <laughs> I mean he was playing by himself for I mean nearly half the first round um, so I'm sure he didn't enjoy having to grind it out by himself and I didn't enjoy not contributing, <laughs> but yeah, if you play well, it's so much fun to have a partner to feed off each other. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I bet on y'all the first round against, um, uh, Landry and cook. Dude, we were, we were them. y'all are four up through eight and y'all <laughs> lost by three. Oh. Yeah, dude. 
I was like, yes, my bad. Uh, I mean, let me know how much you lost. I've been no, oh, it wasn't. It's it's not worth even mentioning, but we I, I bet to have a rooting interest. But I was like, ah, that was your that was your lock of the day. I was day. like, Patton and Harmon. I mean, they know each other. They played. In you you early called it though. I didn't. Y'all were smoking them through yeah. through eight, and I sent something out to our, our text chain. I'm like, Patton and Harmon are four up through eight. There's no it's way like they a lose. Money bag emoji. Just a just to kind of reverse jinx it, and Loss. it did well, not work. <laughs> those. Those little bitty robots turned it on. Hell, they at one point on Saturday, I think they were tied for the lead. I know. So. Yeah, I was I was the tallest player in our group <laughs> <laughs> by like a foot. By a foot and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed the podcast with you boys. Yeah. Thanks, Patton. Thanks for your time. Yeah, man. Y'all, uh, y'all take it easy and. Uh, I'll hire y'all later. Go win in Bethany. War Eagle. I heard that. War Eagle. Get your ass in the toilet. Yeah. Great punt, man.